going to take it. and basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome to another episode of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. He's Bob Ryan. I'm Jeff Goodman, and uh, we're in October. And Bob, October might just be the best sporting month uh, of the year. I mean, we got everything right as we're as we're recording this um, on Tuesday morning. Here we've got the Red Sox Yankees uh, wild card playing whatever you want to call it game. Uh, so baseball is heating up. We've got preseason NBA basketball, which isn't great, but it means that the regular season is around the horizon. Same thing with hockey and NFL is in full bloom here. So we've got everything going on. I think that's what makes it the best month of the year. I think if you're an all around sports fan, you love this month. And, and absolutely. Now, April's good too at times, but, but the thing about difference is that this is the culmination of the baseball season with the most important games. Whereas in April, Unless you're, you know, your whole life is baseball and you don't care about other sports. It's baseball is the background music to the NBA, NHL playoffs, you know, at that point in time. And, and of course, football has become a 12 month obsession. And, uh, and, and it's the month of the draft and the NFL draft has become one of the great sporting events in America. Let's face it, you know, you know, it is. And I hate more power to them. They, this goes back to Pete Rozelle, you know, now this is a, this is a discussion for another day. I'm just, but April, October, yes, this is a and and today is we have we're just coming out of a you know Brady hangover now a couple of days later and and uh, uh, all kinds of good football stories. But anyway, we're interested in basketball here. And, yeah, but and, before we go to that, no, no, no. Yeah. Before we go to that, I, I think the world might want to hear your views on 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 Mac Jones and and Tom Brady and that whole deal. So I was more impressed certainly with the Patriots than mm-hmm. anything else, and more impressed probably with Mac Jones than anything else how he handled himself in that circumstance with all that pressure and at home going against a legend, the greatest quarterback ever who played, uh, you know, wore that uniform. Are you, are you now like a full fledged believer in Mac Jones or was this just kind of the start and you want to temper your expectations? Well, I'm, I'm more inclined to think that he's the real deal that they're going to be very happy that he's a guy that you can win with. My, my criteria is not whether you're elite or go to the hall of fame, but quarterbacks, can can you win with him? Can he can with the right other circumstances? Could he actually be a a Super Bowl a, you know participant? That that's the thing, and 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 uh, I, I think that he's on that track. That he doesn't make mistakes. He 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 comes with all the the experts like his poise. They like his decision making. Yep. They like it uh, and all that. And the arm strength is sufficient. You know uh, he does. You know he, I think he's been he's acquitted himself. Very well. And of course, going into that game, he had actually had higher marks than any of the other uh, rookie quarterbacks at all. Which isn't uh, saying much. No, but then again, on uh, Mac, uh, Zach Wilson played well on Sunday, you know, and, and, and gave them some hope. Uh, but anyway, yes, I'm, I'm happy with him. And uh, that game, you know, in fact, some, there was a good uh, thing that was kind of got buried under the radar. One play that Millie might have was very significant. And they've explored it in the paper today. That is the the unsportsmanlike kind of penalty called on Matthew Slater, who ran out of bounds, which happens 
on, as the gunner on the punt return, came in, forced a fumble, but it was overturned because he had not, apparently the rule was you got to make an immediate return. Yeah. It's very nebulous. That's what they pointed out. There's no, there's no, it just, it's all in the eyes of the, of the ref. And, and Slater, who is arguably the best gunner in, in the yeah. NFL for the last 10 years, and said he's only, uh, you know, he, he was, he thought it was a, a bum call, which affected the game. They would have had the ball at that point. Who knows? Anyway, the game, it wasn't an all-time game, but it was good enough to live up to the hype. It's good at the end. Keep you, yeah. keep you interested. Yeah. The Patriots were completely uh, um, competitive. And then it comes down to a dramatic ending. Right. With, you know, that would have been the, uh, one of the great kicks. It would have been one of the two or three most famous kicks in Patriot history, you know, after the, after Vinatieri's, you know, half, best half dozen. <laughs> and uh, uh, it would have been big. And, and, and I don't, you know, and, and, and of course the great, armchair debate should they have gone for it and you know it's a real pro and con even if you kick the field goal it's plenty of time left for Brady who all he would have needed was a field goal not a you know and a plenty of time he's done that you know countless times but still uh fourth and three I don't know either way I, I'm yeah. good with either way on that. I don't, so, so yeah. and and if and if and 56 in the rain and the reason it does isn't good because it hits the upright that that, that had the distance you know so all right, anyway. let's let we'll we'll move to some hoops here. Yes, and the biggest news of the week since we last talked, Bob, and I I think it's crazy to say this is yeah, Andrew Wiggins got the shot, he got the vaccine, and he's on the court now, and now we can kind of uh, move forward with with criticizing or crucifying or whatever people have been doing with Andrew Wiggins trying to get more information. He got more information, did his research. I guess. No, no, I, I, he did it. He said because he, he didn't want to lose the money. He, right, he, it's right. his job. His it's research his was all about looking at his paycheck and seeing yeah, how much money he was going to lose. Earning a living, and and you know, and, and obviously he's a bright young man and he could earn a living, but not at the not with the financial reward that he gets playing basketball. I can we all know that. No, he's unhappy. He's a very unhappy camper, and about this, and and uh, uh, he doesn't want to. He didn't want to do it, and uh, and he's you know all right. So. He's now telling us he had it and it was mild and he's worried about that 10 years down the road. And, you know, yeah, he did it. And that means that we, the Warriors, you know, all right, they're, they're, they're completely assembled on paper now. We, we, we don't know how, to, we don't, we're going to, I don't want to get ahead of the story. They're back. They're, they're assembled. We're going to talk Eastern Conference, I know. So, but yes, that's a big story. And the other ongoing story, which is Eastern Conference. And the only other part of that, the only other part of that, Bob, is we still don't know whether Kyrie has followed suit and gotten the shot or not. He didn't play, but the whole I think the whole team didn't really play in the in the first preseason game. So we weren't able to really ascertain whether or not Andrew uh, uh, Kyrie followed Wiggs and, and got the vaccine or he's still holding out. Right. That's the open question. That's number one. And two great questions in the East. And the other, of course, is the ongoing soap opera in Philadelphia. Which, which was the raging story for the old offseason. And now we're here. And now we're here. Games are being played and money's at stake. And they've, they've thrown down the gauntlet. They put $8.5 in, the, in escrow. They're going to deduct $360,000 for each of the exhibitions that he's healthy for and, won't, and isn't play, there for. Which means that they had in the, four exhi- in the exhibition season, he could be out a million for. So, um, you know. A million for. It sounds <laughs> like a lot of money, Bob. Uh, but uh, Ben Simmons is due to make $33,003,936 this year. So it, it's kind of a drop in the bucket uh, yeah. for Ben Simmons. I don't think he's worried all that much about missing the preseason. 
Yeah. I think at this point he's going to stick to his guns and, and certainly uh, Rich Paul um, is going to stick to his guns and, and say, you know what, we're not playing there. It's not going to happen. And, and really play kind of, you know, a, a game of, of uh, uh, what do you call it? When, you know, when the two cards going, uh, what am I forgetting? You know, oh. when, when they go at each other and who's going to, who's going to move. Yeah, I know. No, not yeah. that Derby, but whatever. Yeah. You know, with Daryl Morey, with Daryl Morey here and, and basically saying like, Hey, we'll, we'll call your bluff because you're not going to go into the season with our boy, George Niang playing 35 minutes a game or somebody else playing 35. We, you need more. You, you've got to make a move for Ben Simmons soon if you're Philly because you got to figure out this team, this roster for Doc Rivers. And ultimately, you've got good enough players that you should be competing for one of the tops. I mean, they were they were the number one, you know, yeah. last year. They were terrific in the regular season. All offseason, we said what I said to you and, and what what is the market for this guy? For the million and first time, there has never been a story like this. There has never been a player of consequence like this. A player who is a three-time All-Star, I believe, and a two-time All-Defensive team who has obvious skills, obvious high-level skills, great finisher, uh, you know, and, and uh, who has this glaring hole in his in his game. And, and uh, actually two, because they're separate to me, this, the free throw shooting and the absolute refusal to shoot yeah. that he – they the reared its ugly head in the playoffs this year. So if you trade for him, is this before or after you sit him down and say, uh, can we ever talk about your game? Or are you not ever going to have that talk and you're going to live with this game of his? I mean, I'm sure like we talked I, I, about I've Brett Brown, seen, you know, you they, they probably like had their talks with him, Bob. They Brett Brown and Doc Rivers. and You would think. Hey, after his rookie year, he, the, the thing was, you're going to the gym, we're locking it up, we're having an armed guard, you're staying here three hours a day, you're shooting jump shots, and you're shooting free throws. But obviously, if that happened, it didn't bear fruit, and if it didn't happen, yeah. I don't know why. So I don't get this. And how you how he got this far is, is, is one of the great stories. Anyway, what's, yeah. what is his value? You know, and what we... we it's open. It's still an open. I mean, your question. value, your value is the top trade offer you're going to get in return, right? That obviously Daryl Morey isn't comfortable with whatever it is so far. My guess is it's going to be, you know, a decent player, not an all star, and a bunch of picks. That's what yeah. I think you can get for. I, I think some organization will say, you know what, we'll mortgage our future, especially to me, a small market team. That's where Ben Simmons, to me, will be headed. I feel like it's a small market team that knows they're not going to be able to get a superstar any other way. They can upgrade their current talent and go from a good player to an all-star in Ben Simmons, and they'll have to give up some picks in order to do it. Well, I know one of the teams that's been thrown out there is Sacramento, and a name that gets thrown out is Buddy Heal. Yeah. You know, as, as, is that the kind of level player that you think is, is the starting point to go with those picks or you got to go higher than that? I mean, I think you got to give <laughs> I don't know. Time. I don't know. The other part is, Bob, Sacramento, does he really fit? You have De'Aaron Fox, who needs the ball in his hands. Yeah. You just got Tyrese Halberton, who's now in his second year, who's kind of a combo guard. He shoots it pretty well, but he likes the – he's good with the ball in his hands. And you just got Davion Mitchell yeah. at the top of the draft, who's also a point guard. Yeah, so, so – 
you'd have to do it would have to be like buddy healed and one of those guys in one my of those guys yeah, yeah yeah one of those guys all right well, all right. well once again I, I the open question it so someday it'll be resolved you think right i mean how much longer are we going to be having this conversation how many times no had- i mean it's got to be done in the next <laughs> few weeks bob i mean it, it, within the next few weeks ben simmons has got to have a new home uh, because again I, I think it's best for both sides the longer this goes if you're Daryl Moore, the less leverage you have, and you don't have a lot of leverage today. No, I don't see how he does. Back in better than ever, all eyes on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers that BetOnline.ag has for the 2021-22 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. It's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline. Where the game starts. Hey, it's been good. It's given us something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, while we're on the, the the Sixers, we might as well hit the East, uh, the Eastern yes. Conference right now. And, and let's start. Let's start with this. Who's the favorite in the East this year, Bob? Is it Milwaukee, who who just won the NBA title? Is it Brooklyn, who, if they have been healthy and had their their three horsemen? Um, they probably might have won the NBA title, but they were they were down two of them for the most part because James Harden was not healthy and Kyrie was Kyrie and nowhere to be found. Um, you know who, who's the favorite first? Well, because of the uncertainty surrounding the uh, Brooklyn basketball team and a certain point guard who will uh, who can't stay out of the news in any which way. Um, you know, so who it. it I don't know. Is he going to be playing? Is he going to, because he's, he's not playing without the jab and, 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 I don't th- and not playing in certain cities, including his he'll, own. He'll get the, listen, he's going to have to get. Well, the, this weekend's finally did. Yes. Well, we're, right. But so the brinksmanship, the games are being played. I know there are exhibition games, but the games are being played. The brinksmanship has started. It's, it's heightened, up, you know? So yeah, if I, if he's healthy and, and, and which by the way is always a big gift at any given season. Yep. Yeah, so all we now we fast forward. If in April <laughs> they're sufficiently healthy, they've, yeah. they've negotiated, and I don't care what their seeding is, but I assume they're going to have a decent year, win at least fifty-five games. I would think if they're, you know, that's a kind of a four figure for a team of that skill. I think, um, you know, they're going to be we're going to be ranking them as a, as a, having a real chance, but we don't know if he's going to be healthy or who's going to be healthy. That's all, all right. But all things equal, um, I still, yeah. The, they they can't be judged though they can't they're not until we know you know so we can be back to nothing wrong with the defending champions right there's no no great issues anything any great what if there well and they really didn't do a heck of a lot because they didn't need to what they do they re-signed bobby portis um yeah. you know they i think they traded for grayson out they, they didn't do a whole lot they lost pj tucker and bring right. Forbes. I actually think that PJ Tucker loss is gonna hurt because he gave him that toughness. Right. Well, you saw him good. guarding. Reminded me of that uh, right. he is a he's one of those uh, important auxiliary figures. Yes. 
absolutely. Yes. Um, Very. And that's interesting. Uh, interesting to see what, you know, try to imagine, imagine how young Giannis still is and what he's accomplished in, in, in a few short yep. years, how far he's come. And, and is, is there more to be seen or is this what we saw in the playoffs, the refinement of his game, the, the ability to calibrate, uh, you know, the, 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 the nature of his game, uh, going to the basket much more opportunely and, and, and not trying to show the world I can shoot threes, but still have the ability to make a three, you know, enough once, but he's never going to be in the top percentage three point shooters, you know, no, and just it, make enough, just make like, enough. Be like uh, LeBron, frankly. Right. Right. That's, that's exactly to me the, the level of three point shooting with we he should aspire to and and, and can I can get. Uh but that was a, a frightening force. Uh and and better than the two previous years. You know, they, they didn't have any any wall any wall that was you know, holding him back in the playoffs last year. So again, the Bucs are the Bucs. They lost a couple, you know, again, PJ Tucker. The 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 team that I thought did the most. Now, again, they were disappointing last year was the Miami Heat. Yes. You know, I mean, you got Jimmy Butler back. He signed our boy Duncan Robinson to a big deal, which is yeah. great. Uh, he's making all that money. They add P.J. You're buying Tucker. next time you see you, Duncan, I'll tell you right now. Man, no question. No, he's <laughs> buying it. Popovers in Portsmouth. Um, P.J. Tucker, they bring in, add Good. some toughness, some defense. Victor Oladipo at short money, uh, they, they bring him in and, and – and obviously they trade for Kyle Lowry. I mean, this is a they're, this is a they're gonna be very interesting, right? I want yeah, to see this, like I want to see how the recipe gets put together. You know, totally. Want to, see, want to see how it's put together. We know they got a coach. You know, long the, the question any questions I ever exposed to have long since been answered. The only question is you're starting to prepare your Hall of Fame speech someday. So you know that they got a quality coach, and they got leadership at the top. God knows, and and yes, they're going. I think they're. I think they're excited down there. I think they're really gearing up and uh, for something good. I, I mean, think about this, Bob, in terms of the toughness factor. If you're, you know, one to 10 on the toughness meter, oh. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, 10, yeah. right? Uh, Kyle Lowry, 10. P.J. Tucker, 10. 11. <laughs> Donis Haslam on the bench, who's coming back for his 85th is, year. I, I, I know. That's it's awesome, interesting, though. Interesting phenomenon. I'm still going back. I was there. And that champion NSA championship game, you probably were too, or two thousand, and 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 uh, he was a freshman who the only who showed up that night and and uh, against uh, against the Flintstones, right? Yeah. And my God, that was twenty one years ago. <laughs> It'll Amazing. be twenty two when the he next tournament rolls around. I don't know why <laughs> they don't just make him a coach. I I don't understand this. He doesn't play. I mean, I even as a coach, you can throw him in practice. You're gonna, yeah, creating you could, an extra uh, roster spot. I was going to say, he obviously practices, but you could do that. So right. I, I, I don't well, I don't get why he's not just a coach. Just make him a coach. He doesn't uh, play all but, year. But they are certainly intriguing on paper. They're very intriguing. No doubt. And we got Atlanta, who, who you know, yeah. who rose up in, to be a real thorny, you know, nu- nuisance team last year. Yeah. You know, as the Knicks found out. <laughs> and well, uh, they brought Ray back. Young, John Collins. That was the big thing with Atlanta. Was would they would they pay enough to to keep John Collins? And he was kind of a guy that was, you know, sort of coming off the bench and and, and a role guy last year. Turned down a ton of money. They still spent a, a good amount of money to keep him. Um, and I think they got a guy, a, another young guy. And they got so many of them. You know, the Kevin Herders of the world, the the Cam Reddishes. You know, DeAndre Hunter was hurt last year in the playoffs. Oh. Didn't even play. They drafted Jalen Johnson from Duke, 
who was really good in the summer league, he fell all the way to 20th in the draft because all these red flags. Remember, he left Duke like right. middle of the year, just up and left, wasn't happy with his role, whatever. And I think they might have gotten a steal. What Atlanta has is a lot of pieces that I think if Travis Schlink is smart, their GM, he can maybe make a trade here and, and, okay. and try to figure out, okay, how can I get really good trade value for a couple of these young pieces and maybe bring in another really good sidekick to Trey Young? And they got one – speaking of which, they got a closer. Yeah. You know, yeah. They have a closer. That kid is totally for real. Way better than I thought he'd ever right. be, Bob. Right. I never thought this, ever. I mean, I, I remember sitting with his father – we were in Greenville, South Carolina, the night before Trey Young was playing in the in the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the NBA part of it, and, and it sounded like at that point they were pretty clear that you know he was going to go to the the NBA after that. But we were both talking, and like th- there was serious concern about the size, and, and and his father was even saying like, you know, hey, um, you know, I don't it's going to be hard for him at, at his size in the NBA. It may take a little while. Well, yeah. um, we were all wrong about that because no, Trey Young has no, been he, way better. No, you, you look at him today. You, if you just saw him out of context, you'd go, Oh God, he's going to get killed. They're right. going to run into a pick. He's going to be in the meal. It's in the yep. middle of the next week, but no, he's, he's obviously figured out how to play this game at that level, take care of himself. And uh, he's, he's, he's I wonder a- how the new rules, Bob, th- these new rules that they're implementing where you basically can't jump into a guy and, and create oh. a foul. I mean, that's going to affect Trey, Harden, Steph. Mostly Harden. Yeah. I, I'd order and I rank Harden by far number one. Yeah. I mean, going to be very interesting. Now he's very smart right. and he won't like to make the adjustment, but you know, he, he he'll won't. stop. Yeah, he'll, he'll stop doing it. It'll, it'll anger him that because it got, wouldn't you love to have the data on how many times it got him to the line? So many in his career. Oh. You, I would love the data. You know, right. it just I mean, it would be staggering. You know, and You're right. I, you know, but well, he it, does it, it on like I feel like Trey and Steph do it so much when they jump. Like Harden does it. <laughs> At every turn, he doesn't need to jump to to create that kind of fake <laughs> contact. He, he and and again, it'll be interesting to see too how much bitching and complaining. There's so much of it from the players anyway. How much more this adds to it? But maybe it won't. Maybe a lot of the other players will be happy because the I majority of them don't people, do it. I would think that more people will be happy about it than right. Me too. About it, but we know who's going to be the most unhappy about it. The greatest exponent of it is the man in Brooklyn. Yes. But I'm glad you brought that up. I've forgotten about that. But oh yeah, that that is going to be interesting. That's it is. Let's it, keep it your really ear to the ground during the exhibitions to see what the early returns are. You know. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Time spent searching for and interviewing the wrong candidates for a job opening could be time better spent growing a business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get the candidates worth interviewing faster. And it's free. LinkedIn connects you with well-qualified candidates. And they've done the same thing for me every time I use it. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 750 million people. Focus on candidates with the skills and experience that you need. Use screening questions to get your role in front of the most qualified people. And then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash scribe. That's linkedin.com slash scribe to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Who else, before we get, uh, well, let's let's touch Our on guys. the New York Knicks. Right, Nick, yeah, the Knicks are... They think they're going to be good, by the way. I mean, I monitor the New York Papers daily. I'm doing yeah, what do you, what, what's your take on, on these guys? I, I like what they did uh, in the offseason for the most part. I, you know, listen, they brought in Evan Fournier. They paid a lot of money to get him. Yeah. But, but they added that shooter, that veteran, four years, $78 million. They They brought back Derrick Rose, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel at, like, decent money, not crazy money. And then they brought in our guy Kemba for short money. Two they're, years, like – Nine million a year, like I, I like it. I, I like it, and I love what Derrick Rose said. I don't know if you saw this, but Derrick Rose was basically asked about his role coming off the bench, and he said, "Like I'm, I'm coming off the bench. Like Kemba's the star." So I, I did see it, and I think, awesome. he, and I take it at face value. I think he's very realistic. Because once again, I'm like, let me get, get this one out of the way early. Um, what his his in. The injuries that have prevented him from being a true all-time great, which I think he was going to be, is so sad to me. Um, I, 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 I remain adamant that I have never seen a player specifically like him. And, and that when I first saw him in college, and, and the two things about him that are extraordinary, that somehow or other he appears to have late life on his fastball. He yeah. seemed to have some late end yeah, totally. of explosion to the basket in a way that was different than anybody, anybody I had ever seen. There's, you know, and I'm saying I didn't see faster guys or as fast guys, but there was something about the way he could finish that, that was, was unique to him. And then the extraordinary ability to move laterally in the air and, and to a degree that I had never seen. He was a freak. Never seen anybody like it. And, and he lost that, you know, and, and, and he still had a, just had a career, but it's not the career he should have had. You know, if that's a shame, but, you know, a lot of guys get hurt. A lot of guys say that about, I'm just being specific about this one guy. You know, that, that that he was very, very special. Yep. Anyway, I think he's resigned to who he is at this point. I think he's happy to be in New York um, and with this team. He seemed to be accommodating himself quite well last year. And I like what he said. I saw that. Um, there, They feel there's a lot of value, you know, because it's been so long in New York. Here's the thing that they haven't won in 48 years. It'll be 49 years when that playoffs start next year. They had one little burst from the day that they traded for Dave DeBusher. And, and traded uh, Walt Bellamy and Howard Comives for Dave the Busher just before Christmas in 1968 until they, they lost to the Celtics in 1974 with the Busher injured with a, a torn stomach muscle. Really? Reed was on his last legs. The Busher and Celtics pissed all over him, frankly, in New York in that series. Okay. It was over. So they had a five, one, two, had a six year run, nine, zero, one, two, three, four, uh, you know, of greatness that, yeah. that is still the thing that people are, are associating with Nick, the Nick, with Nick basketball. You know? Then I had a little run, you know, 15 years ago, you know, that I, yep. but they have only won twice since the league came into being in 75 years. It's hard to Amazing. believe. And they haven't won in 49 years. They are so, and they keep filling the arena, no matter what they do for ticket prices, no matter what they charge for beer, no matter how much people hate the Dolans, they fill that place, right? <laughs> yes. They fill that place. Yes. I, I, it's the I'm garden. Boston, They're New Yorkers. They, I, I, They're I, hungry. They are. So people are, are grabbing at every tidbit of, of you know, possible good news. All right. So I'm looking at the team. And and the, it, so much of the the hype it depended on the Kemba staying healthy. 
which is well, very yeah. Tough. I mean, some combo of Kem- the good thing is Kemba doesn't need to play thirty-five minutes because right, you got right. Derrick Rose, so they can right. split forty-eight. They they should split it evenly. They should literally be at like mm. twenty-four apiece for Kemba and Derrick Rose to save both of them. All right, that's a good point. All right, now Julius Randle is he good enough to to be a superstar in this league? Because to be honest, you don't win without superstars. He, he, to me, I actually I've always loved Julius Randle. Always from high school, AAU, he was kind of in that group with Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins coming out uh, that year. I remember those three being. I'm not sure they're all the same year, but they all were playing against each other. And I liked Randall the best of the three by far um, because he was super tough. He was versatile. Uh, I, I felt like he could really step out and make threes. And they didn't really play him that way early in the NBA. But now he's found kind of the place for him. Almost like I, I equated in some ways to Isaiah Thomas in Boston where they needed him. They needed him, and he was given the freedom, right? Like Isaiah Thomas wasn't that good. As shown, I know a lot of people say because of the injuries, whatever. But it was the, the perfect storm, the perfect scenario for Isaiah Thomas to thrive because there weren't other guys that could do what he did and make plays off the bounce on those Celtics teams. Julius Randle, it's kind of similar, right? Like R.J. Barrett's a good player, but he's young and hasn't proven he can shoot it. So, like, Julius Randle walked into the perfect situation for him in mm. New York. But is he good enough to carry a team? He, obviously, they overachieved last year. Is he good I, enough to take the next jump? I got it written down on my little notepad here. Randle, follow-up, question mark. And I think that's agreeing. You know, that's speaking yeah. what you're saying. I don't he, – he, he became a star last year. But yes. there, there's, there's stars and there's the guys – the, the, the franchise guys that we're talking about. But he don't was a know. star that won. Give him credit. Like, here's the thing. A star, there's a star that, that like, Carl Anthony Towns has been, I guess, a star, but he hasn't won anything. Julius Randle took this team into the playoffs, and, and they gave uh, the Hawks a little bit of a run there. So I, I feel like Julius Randle has proven more than a lot of other guys that we talk about, like, put up numbers for crappy teams. Okay. Well, you know, no. All right. Next guy up that they're touting. They're really hoping is going to take a step up is Barrett. Yeah. He's, he's one of their keys this year. They, they need Barrett to, to play. You can't make shots. He's got to be able to make shots because in this league, now you're going to play Derek Rose or Kemba at the point. So RJ Barrett is, is not a point guard. And you really want to play him off the ball, ideally. I mean, he's good with the ball in his hands. He makes good decisions. But ultimately, you're going to have to be a big wing in this league. Well, what do big wings do in this league right now, Bob? you got to, you got to be able to shoot the ball. got to shoot the ball. Right. But they, they think he's worked hard. They keep citing his work ethic. They keep thinking, you know, so they're they're counting on that. Uh, but they do have a guy who can shoot, we know, unquestionably in Fournier. Yes. The question that they're being raised in New York is that, they, and basically, they have substituted a defensive-oriented forward in Reggie Bullock for, with Fournier. And Bullock and could Fournier, shoot it. Too. He's not going to be guarding you too much. You know? Right. And, and Bullock but, could still shoot it. Maybe not quite as well as Fournier, although I, I put him – I don't know what their numbers say over the course of their careers. My guess is Fournier's numbers are better. 
I, I still think Reggie Bullock's a hell of a shooter going back to when I first saw him when he was young. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to play. He can't shoot that he plays. He's right. a better defender than Fournier. Totally. I want to say. totally. Yeah. Fournier, Fournier is a um, average defender at best. Yeah. At best. So, you know, again, I, I think the Knicks are intriguing. I give him credit because I killed the hire of Leon Rose as, as GM <laughs> Worldwide West. I, I crushed it. And the only thing, again, the only thing I'll say is, you know, the, the Randall move really helped. And last year was a different year also, you know, as we know in COVID times, some, some different interesting things happen that the Knicks were probably able to take advantage of it more than most franchises. We'll see what they do this year. If they can, now there are expectations. There were none last year. Right. None. So what, what do they do this year when I think the East is, is better top to bottom? You know, the, like top eight teams in the East are, are no joke, right? I mean, we haven't even talked about Charlotte. No, we haven't. Charlotte's pretty good. I mean, they're young. They got LaMelo, who's been better than anybody thought for the most part. He, You know, Miles um, Bridges has been good. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good teams. in the, the East isn't what it used to be. Like the East for for so long, I felt like Bob was just like the laughing stock for the most oh, part. It was, it was everything cyclical, and then no question the West dominated without any question. And but the, right, the East has gotten much more competitive. And uh, so one other guy that is always a topic of conversation in New York is Mitchell Robinson. And yeah, so, and, I've never been a huge, huge like I'm a fan of his talent. I've never trusted Mitchell Robinson. Well, right, he has not. You know, he's 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 given them flashes. Right. He's a tease. He's been a tease. I yes. think that's a fair way to put it. And they're, 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 yeah, they need him and they want him to be more than just a tease now because they got a veteran backup now with our boy, our, our local boy makes good. Uh, Nerlens yeah, Nerlens has been good there. He's been good. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, listen, there are as good as the East is, there are still some teams that are, you know, uh, not very good. We saw one of them against the Celtics in the first preseason game. The Orlando Magic are not good at all. Uh, the Wizards are not very good, are not going to be good. Then Detroit's going to stink this year. I mean, those are those are three teams that are like bottom three to me uh, in the mm-hmm. NBA. So like Cle- in Cleveland, Cleveland's not there. So you, you really have four teams that I think you can pencil in at the bottom. Uh, another team we, we haven't mentioned when talking about these is the Chicago Bulls, Bob. Much better. Billy Donovan – you know, he adds Lonzo Ball. He adds DeMar DeRozan. Yes. To, yeah. to Zach Levine. So you've got like, you know, DeRozan's not really an all-star anymore, but like a good top 50 player in the NBA. Lonzo's shot's better. And we know what he can be now when you just kind of, to me, you should just put the ball in his hands. Like, I okay. hope Billy Donovan understands what New Orleans didn't with Lonzo. Just okay. give him the damn ball and hey, let him be him. a magician with it. Why would you get him if you're not going to give him the ball? I mean, I think they will. I think Billy's smart enough. I haven't talked to him, but my guess is that's how he'll utilize them. So, all right. So you got four teams at the bottom and, uh, and then I think you're fighting for, for, for the other spots. I mean, we know, again, we know Milwaukee's going to be towards the top. We know Brooklyn, unless, you know, two of the three guys get hurt, they're going to be towards the top. Uh, I think Philly's going to find a way even without Ben Simmons and they'll get somebody else you know, to be towards the top. 
where do your Boston Celtics fit into the equation here? They are a mystery guest of sorts because the unknown factor is the coach. The, uh, I, I, I'll say that I have never, and I, I, I always say be judicious yeah. with the use of the words always and never. I've been watching this league now up close and personal since 1969 uh, as a, as a, uh, and I have never, ever heard a coach praised so highly as a rookie by the outside world. Uh, You know, so I'm, I'm dazzled by what everybody thinks of him. This isn't internal hype. This is external hype uh, for Emi Odoka, but uh, you know, he's a rookie coach and um, he's well known to the NBA people. He's well known to a couple of guys on his team because he's coached them in, in in, in other circumstances, but uh, wow. You know what, what effect he's going to have, uh, on them uh, is, is going to be as important to me as any any individual player thing right now. So that's, that's why it's hard for me to to predict. Um, but I, I'm I, I'm not letting you off the hook. I'm not letting you. All off right, the all hook. right, all right. I think they are. There's no reason why they shouldn't be a, a, an upper echelon team. So, like, are you telling me after after Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philly, on that Miami here with Miami on that tier? Yeah, they can get to that. I they can the, be in. They can be it with Miami, Philly. That would be the. I think if yeah yeah I think so I think okay. once again there's a question about the point guard situation and I'm you know how I feel about I love Marcus Smart I I know what he what he's saying how he's talking he wants the ball more he says he's going to not take the crazy shots and you know and all that um um uh, you know I don't I don't know I'm I, I'm really enthusiastic about the Tatum uh, the experience with the Olympics the the Tatum that we even saw on the opening night. Uh, he looks bigger. He just and, looks bigger. And, you know, the guy who is a rookie, the, what was the most distinguishing thing about his game as a rookie? That explosive first step to the basket. And and he's got, you know, he got the NBA being three-point centric, he gotten away from it. Once again, I, I mentioned earlier about Antetokounmpo and the way he's now learned to calibrate his game. I, this is what Jason Tatum, he's got a range of skill. Yes, he can shoot the three, but he can do everything. He can do it and he can even pass very, very well. It's just a question of figuring it all out. And at this point in the career, I, I think yeah, now the other thing that we talked about a, a lot last year was his, his on-court relationship with Brown and how they're going to calibrate that. Right. And once again, this is where Emi Odoka could maybe figure out how to do that. Oh, they're going to be intriguing. I mean, there's, there's talent there uh, uh, for sure now. And, um, and the bench looks like it could be relatively deep, um, which, which definitely was better. Deep, which definitely, definitely better last year. The guy that I'm putting my eggs in the basket there that I, I've been a, a bit, you know, intrigued with from the minute that I said, Hey, got him. Oh boy. And, and it's Neesmith. Yeah. Um, they need him. They need, they need Aaron Neesmith to space the floor. He's their yep. best potential shooter. Like if he gets it going other than, than Jason Tatum, I think Aaron Neesmith might be their best shooter on their team. Well, remember, remember he was drafted because he was a 52% three-point shooter. Oh, by the way, in a competitive conference filled with athletes, the right. Southeastern Conference. And and he shows up and he doesn't shoot that well, but it turns out he can defend at a higher level than you ever imagined. Yep. And, and, and then he started, you know, the, I don't know, he, he there's, gets that shot back at confidence, whatever. This is, who knows what the, I'm, I'm enthusiastic. I, I'm, you know, I'm a, Member of the fan club, I'll just put it that way. And, and maybe I'm being unrealistic, but I really I think that he can be a key. 
Well, it's funny. I mean, you look at, at these teams, and again, I, listen, I'm not ready to say that they're they're in the class of Milwaukee or Brooklyn or probably even Miami or Philly, depending on what they get for Ben Simmons. I think those four are probably at a different level. But when you look at like Atlanta, for instance, and Atlanta, okay, they've got a superstar in Trey Young. Well, the Celtics have a guy who I think is better. I think I would take Jason Tatum. The only difference being Trey Young has the ball in his hands all the time. He can create for himself a little bit easier than Tatum, but Tatum's a much better defender. He's a better rebounder. He's a better all-around player than Trey Young. So I, I think you can match him there. And then Atlanta's got a bunch of really good – they're deeper. They're deeper with overall talent. But the Celtics have the – listen, if you're picking, you're going Jason Tatum one, Trey Young two, and, like, it's not even close. Like, Jalen Brown is clear number three. So, the, like you said – the key for the Celtics is point guard play and the bench. That's point it. Yeah, no, I mean, um, where are they going to get? The Schrader's, you go look at his career record, and he's, in some ways, he's better than you think. Then yeah. you say, why is he here? Because he, he, he didn't, it didn't work out in the end in L.A. And, you know. He's and, here. He's here because, frankly, um, I don't know if he's fit in where he's been. I, I, I don't know. You know, yeah. what does Dennis Schroeder do so well? Like, he's fast. He can push the ball. He's not a shooter um, as a point guard, not a great shooter. And then, as I've told you, the knock on him when you talk to people throughout the league is is he has not been like an A-plus teammate. Mm-hmm. So There's a little, there's a little Patrick Beverly in his game at the defensive end. which we Not consistently. He can, he can be a dog. He can. Yeah. He's not consistent. Notice how I phrased that very cautiously. There's a little dabble. There's a dollop. There's a dollop of Patrick Beverly. It's it's available to tap into at times. Okay. If you can persuade him that that would be a useful way to spend your time on the floor. Now he's intrigued. I, I, I don't know what the, I I don't know. And you know, I, I think that Pritchard's going to be a solid NBA. I don't know how much he plays. 10 or 12 year guy that people will probably play for four teams. Yeah. He'll be a, he'll, he'll be a, uh, an adequate, you know, but, and, and every once in a while he'll get hot. I mean, I, I like him. I like having him around. I think teams are always going to, he's going to have a career of being a, having a good to have around guy. <laughs> I mean, at least your bench now has guys like real guy, you know, Josh Richardson, Cantor, you know, Josh Robert Richard. Williams or Hortford, whatever you're going to do there. Right. I mean, maybe you play them both together. I don't know if that's, the best way to play these days, if you're going to play Allen, you know, get certain teams, you might be able to do that. But I think ultimately you just look at it and you say, if Schroeder coming off the bench, you've got guys that have done something in the league rather than Carson Edwards, Shemi Ojolet, you know, Grant Williams, a bunch of these guys that haven't about, done anything. What about Hernan Gomez? Yeah, I mean, Hernan Gomez will help. Absolutely. I mean, that, he could be at least as good as Daniel Tice at his best, right? He could be that good. Yeah, I mean, Tice was good at the end. Tice was good. Well, he that would be hard. If he, can, if he can replicate Daniel Tice. Oh, be yeah, good. they'd be ecstatic. That they'd be, be ecstatic good. if he can give some of those intangibles at least. Uh, but I listen, I think Ime Adoka certainly inherits a team uh, that has more depth. The question is, you know, again, and Kemba wasn't Kemba. We know that for the most part for, for his tenure in Boston. Um, but can Marcus Smart be a top? He's got to be like a top five or six point guard in the East. 
I mean, that's what he's got to be. You know, top 10, 12 point guard in the NBA, top five or six point guard in the East. And and Tatum and, and Jalen Brown have to stay healthy. Have to. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. If, if, if you lose one of them, you're kind of a one trick pony and you're going to need somebody else to shoot the ball to space the court for Tatum and Jalen Brown. Because ultimately, if you don't, and maybe Horford is sort of that guy a little bit, he can pull the big away at least. If, if enthusiasm, were, were production yeah. you wouldn't have to worry about it. he's so happy to be back here right. so, you know so happy. we all know what he brings well he's happy to be back here when Kyrie's not here yeah well <laughs> <laughs> we all know what he brings to the locker room and and to, to the community quite frankly you know it's great to have Al Warford on your and your team and, and he's regard. the best so Listen, there's no better locker room guy he's not a vocal leader kind of like Kemba they're similar I think in some ways they're not vocal leaders they just do all the right things and they're all about the right things. They're all about team and, and helping the young guys rather than other players that would come in and be uh, jealous of some of the young guys. <laughs> Kyrie. Um, so, you know, I, I love having Al Horford back. I don't know how much he's got left in the tank, Bob. No, I don't know. I don't know. And then um, I, I was a little, wow. You know, surprised when it, when that announcement came, uh, you know, I wasn't thinking, in any way, thinking in terms of having Al Horford back. So, you know, so we'll see. But once again, I still maintain this is there, there are uh, something of a mystery because of the coach. And so, so and again, have, have we, narr- have we, have we, have we got you down to like an actual what place they finish in the East this year? All right. So, well, they're in that uh, fifth or sixth, I guess, and, you know, fifth, fifth or sixth. Fifth, fifth, well, four, I can't, you know, fifth. In the four-five game, it'd be vying for the four-five game, uh, four-five slot. That would be. I'd be very. I'd be very pleased with that. And uh, you know, no, so. if they can get in the four-five spot, uh, I agree. That would be a heck of a. That'd be a really good regular season. I, I'm picking them kind of where they were last year. I'm going to pick them somewhere in that six-seven range. All right. I, I think they're going to be fighting. It's going to be close between these teams. You know, the Atlantas, the Charlottes, the Indianas, the Chicagos, the New Yorks, the Boston's. Those are Indiana. all right, Craig. How, what impact do you think Rick Carlisle will have on Indiana? Significant. I mean, sign, I think Rick's great um, for a while, and then there's an expiration date on Rick with the players these yeah. days, especially these days. But I think if Rick gets results, which I think he will, players buy in for a while, and then it's hard when you're dealing with Luca, right? Like, like that relationship is hard because these young players these days, most of them don't want to be coached that hard. A lot of them don't want to be. They say they do, but then when you actually do it and you go old school on them, like Carlisle probably tried to do, again, there's an expiration date on it. By the way, that being said, how about uh, our young guys saying they want to be coached hard? Well, uh, going from Brad, I think they probably do. I think they do because Brad's not – and I don't know if coached hard is the right word because I think Brad coached them hard. I just don't think – what Brad did was challenge them verbally. I don't think that was, that's not Brad's MO. He's not going to challenge them and go like, I think they actually, they think they want that again until (laughs) it happens. And then they'll see, because like Jason Tatum had it with Mike Krzyzewski, it was a while ago, but he had it in college. It's obviously very different in the NBA. Uh, Jalen Brown, you know, again, these guys have been used to Brad Stevens. and, And honestly, it's kind of a walk in the park 
compared to a lot of guys that coach in the NBA. Brad Stevens, as, as we've talked about, one of the best human beings in the world. Does that work for everybody? No, but I, I, I kind of rather have that than, than, than the polar opposite, which is a complete asshole. Oh, well, of course. People like crap. Of course. I mean, I no, no argument there. So, uh, well, anyway, the, the unique factor is very much in the forefront of how the Celtics are going to, are going to be. And, and, and I, I repeat, he comes in with glowing praise from the rest of the world. Uh, I hope the fans don't expect him to enter the garden opening night by having walked across the Charles from Cambridge. And, and that's, you know, that's the other thing worries me a little about the fan reaction, what they expect. I don't know what they expect, but they, I just hope they don't expect, you know, that they're going to suddenly vault to the top of it. But anyway, I'm, I'm deaf. I'm very curious and very enthusiastic. You got, you got four or five in the East. I got probably six, seven in the East at the end of the day. There you have it. Uh, Expectations. Uh, predictions for your Boston Celtics and uh, make sure you tune in every single week to the Ryan and Goodman podcast, uh, wherever you watch, wherever you listen to your pods, and we'll see you next week.